I'm Chris Stanzel with Empower Hour. And I'm Victoria Zamatello with Empower Hour. So this is a, a monumental occasion. Today is actually a really important day in U.S. history because we're finally doing an in-person episode. Yeah, like we're like six feet away from each other. Yeah. Uh, so that I think that's a really important moment today in U.S. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, the election. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. too. I that's forgot too, about that well. part. Mm. Um, so... Uh, and we were talking about this before um, before we got on air that I'm just going to assume that Biden has won because honest to God, if he doesn't win, if there is some upset, I'm not posting this episode. Yeah, we, everything I have to talk about will become irrelevant. We should mention we're recording this on November 4th at 7.17 yeah, p.m. Yeah, that's, that's very, that's an important Let's note. Let's timestamp this one. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm going to assume we are, because this episode would probably be posted a few days later or tomorrow. I don't I don't know. So I'm just going to assume Biden has won. Yeah. Probably not by much. Because right now he just got called for Michigan. He's He might win Pennsylvania. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume, let's, in this in this reality, let's assume that he's won by like 285. Okay. That's what I'm going to assume that's he won. A, honestly, that's a much wider margin than I think he will actually win by. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a betting that he might win like one of the extra states. Okay. Because I'll say this, future... If he does win, if he only wins um, Michigan and Nevada, that's going to put him at 270, which that is going to be contested yeah. every day, oh. 24 hours a day. Until Trump dies. A- until Trump dies. But he, I mean, I'm not going to lie, in a 270 situation, I think there's like a 50% chance that election is stolen or somehow fucked with enough that uh, Trump ends up on top. Yeah. And like... What happens if Biden actually gets like 270, but Trump ends up getting like 270 something? Like, well, there's not enough. Okay, there's not enough. So 270 is is a uh, half plus one. Okay. Of all the electoral votes. Okay. So there's no way Trump could get above 270. Sweet. So, so Trump would be at, uh, I guess, I think 268. If I'm that good. would be if just I'm go- like some kind <laughs> of hellish situation. I like, oh. Uh, so I I messaged you. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday morning or something, or it might've been Monday night. And I, and I pretty much said something to the effect of the blue wave is coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what our predictions were. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm, I'm like spamming her. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, like, let me, let me intellectually, let me break it down (laughs) why the blue wave is coming. For this business major. (laughs) Yeah. Let me, let me break it down why this is happening. And then like sometime like this morning I was just like. Well, that was a fucking lie. <laughs> well, it was, I think there was one message that did it for me. Cause I'm not going to lie. I was, I'm, I'm kind of proud of my own prediction. Cause I said it was going to be a pretty narrow, narrow margin. I think it was going to be a lot like 2016 where Trump ended up having a lot more support than everyone on the left realized he did. But let me see here. So that was a fucking lie. <laughs> was what you opened with this morning. <laughs> So I mean, I, without without agonizing for too long on why why I was wrong and um, why I thought that, basically, I, I made this joke like five times already, and that is September Chris had a much better grasp on this election than November slash late yeah. October Chris, uh, because I think, you know, it's you know it's the Hillary Clinton effect, it's the whatever effect. You look at the polls, the polls. Oh well, look at all the polls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's you know Trump is or uh, Biden's blasting Trump in the polls. And it's fucking Trump. Like, how? How could he not, like, lose by pretty high margins? Even though we have, like, one of the worst uh, Democratic candidates you could possibly have conjured up for this election. And I think that's the thing. I think 
Biden is banking on moderates, but the, a lot of the moderates ended up going for Trump. Except Arizona. Yeah, except Arizona. You know, there's a lot of interesting uh, data that's already coming out. Well, so, so first of all, um, I, I might have mentioned this on the last episode. I don't know if I did, but either way, Red Mirage was the red mirage i got by by your confused face yeah. i'm guessing i have not <laughs> talked about this the red mirage theory was basically uh starting around september which is basically exactly what happened which was because democrats were more likely to vote through mail-in ballots because democrats are more likely to take the whole covid situation seriously trump was going to appear to have a, a much bigger um turnout 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 in the night election but as the days would trickle by and the votes were tallied, Biden would go up and up and up. And of course, Trump would declare victory the night of because he would say, look at the polls. Yeah. Look at it. Look at tonight's results. Stop counting right now. Yeah. Except in Michigan. Don't stop counting in Michigan. <laughs> but everywhere else, stop counting. With that said, Biden still performed badly. Even though the Mirage, Red Mirage did happen, as everyone predicted, Trump mm-hmm. did declare victory. And Biden is slowly making up that ground. Yeah. Uh, he still performed poorly. Yes. But much. I, I. I mean. I think when everything is said and done, we see all the polls. He un, way underperformed the polls, um, as much as Hillary Clinton did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that for a fact. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But I, from what I've seen in like constant news coverage that I've been watching for the past twenty four hours, that seems correct. Uh, probably more than Hillary Clinton. I've heard he's performed worse with uh, Hispanic and Latino voters. Yeah. So, with that, that was. The inter- well, it, it was an interesting takeaway, but it should have seen should have seen it coming. This was the man that said, we don't need Latinos to win. Or he said something like, Latinos are not our focus for this election, or whatever the fuck hell he said. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've already said it like three times. <laughs> I've already like, well, I almost said it again. I've, I've already <laughs> screwed this up uh, royally. But, um, but no, with, with, with Biden, yeah, he did. He, there was just, they didn't have a Latino focus. And I saw on Twitter like a kajillion times about the whole uh, people making fun of the narrative that, oh, we can't have Bernie on the ticket because he'll lose the conservative Cuban vote. He'll lose the conservative Cuban oh vote. We God. can't do it. And then Biden lost like Miami-Dade by like historically like low number. Or he didn't lose Miami-Dade, but he he got, uh, you know, turnout mm-hmm. historically low in uh, Miami-Dade and you know the consensus is in they weren't gonna vote for joe biden anyway oh yeah that and it's the, the tired old they're gonna call you a communist no matter what mm-hmm. so you might as well just run how you actually want to run the damn campaign they're mm-hmm. going to call you a communist either way and they have billions of dollars to back up all those ads and no one's gonna fact check it so florida is whatever At florida i hate you <laughs> yeah florida we're not, I, i'm not even surprised so he underperformed the polls we all know this he suffered in Latino votes. He did gain in older voters. Mm-hmm. Yippee. <laughs> Yippee Kaye. That's really good for the future of the Democratic Party that finally managed to gain older voters. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be really useful in the future, um, which is one of the big reasons he did win in Arizona. Um, and, 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 for, and of course, you know, the whole argument's been, oh, well, he lost, um, you know, Cubans and that's, but he's lost Latinos across the board Mm because, you know, it's not a monolithic group, you know, we're talking people from over 20 different countries. Yeah. He's lost them virtually universally across multiple, multiple states. So many. That is a big takeaway uh, for me for tonight. Um, And I think the assumption that uh, that vote was going to come out en masse for Biden was one of the big reasons why the polls failed. Yes. The reason is why did they not come out? 
I can make some guesses. Yeah, what are your guesses? Because honestly, I'm interested to see. Well, uh, in the case of uh, uh, of Cubans and Venezuelans and Florida, you know, because, yeah, it was the communism thing. Yeah. Uh, but I, like I said, I kind of had a feeling we were going to lose that no matter what. Mm-hmm. So if that was the, if those were the only Latino votes we significantly lost, mm-hmm. you know, I think it wouldn't have been a disaster. We probably would have lost Florida, but it wouldn't have been a disaster. I guess I don't know. I, I'm actually, this is something I'm going to have to look into uh, in more depth because it kind of took me by surprise, which is why I was like, oh yeah, blue waves coming, you know, <laughs> it would make assumptions, you know, it's and confirmation bias and you know, it's yeah. the pollsters do it. And I mean, like I, the, the fucking, the fucking system <laughs> of political science is a dead industry now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like going to graduate my political science degree and everyone's going to be like, oh, didn't you hear political science have been completely delegitimized because they've gotten the polls wrong like for the past decade. Yeah. I. How do you even like make polling better? How do, how do you make it more predictable at this point? Because if we've messed this up for the past like two or three elections... Honestly, like, where do you go from there? Pollsters make a lot of assumptions because you think it's just a, it's as easy as just calling up 100 people and seeing who they're voting for. But there's a lot of decision making about who are you going to overrepresent in the poll, who are you going to underrepresent, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of that guesswork is based on um, past elections consensus. But of course, we are in a monumental shift. We're in unprecedented times. Right. So <laughs> that's why all these uh, precedents don't work anymore. Uh, but I digress. I, I'm losing. I'm losing the point. I think one of the main reasons uh, Latino voters did not go for for Biden is, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to be like, oh, because they want like progressive policies more than other people. But I mean, there is a correlation, maybe not a causation. Latinos overwhelmingly came out for Bernie. That was like mm-hmm. his big. Uh, that was one of his big demographics that came out for him were Latinos and they're under coming out or they're not coming out very much for Biden. There are something to that. There's something. So that's, so there's definitely something there. And I think it's, it's a lack of energy. Mm-hmm. It's a lack of, um, you know, policy focus. I think a lot of Latino voters are living in a country right now that's actively trying to get them fucking deported. Yeah. And yeah, Biden's talked about that, but he's not talked about that. And he was also VP during like the president. Yeah, like, he's had the, the most he, deportations yeah. in history. I mean, and like you know, I know we all live in our own bubbles and everything, but I am sure there are millions of Latinos that had a family member taken away during the Obama administration. They're not stupid; mm-hmm. they could put two and two together. You know? I mean, the media could try to pretend that Obama like did nothing wrong and that the Obama administration had a, a great track record, but he did do a lot of deportations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, I mean, th- this is a misleading statement, but it is partially true. He built the cages. Yeah. You know, he built the cages. Trump put him in, but he built, but Obama built the cages. Okay. And Bush did too. So that's why I think, uh, he, he lost. And that seems to be one of the main factors. Um, obviously more Trump voters have, have come out, uh, than was expected as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not, definitely not a silent majority, but I think there has been there uh, one one poll I saw uh, not too long ago that was really interesting that um, fifty when polled uh, 58 percent of uh, I'm I'm screwing the poll up but it, but essentially it was like asking people like when did you make a decision for who you were going to vote for 
and 8% more pretty much said they made the decision to vote for Trump. Yeah, in, in the category of I made my decision in the past week was 58% Trump, 42% Biden. Wow. So there was a lot of last minute, like, because, you know, I, that, that was another assumption I made is I would assume it would have been the opposite. Yeah. That with how, how crazy, you know, all the compiling and compounding of, of, of just the Trump administration was just going to turn, make a lot of last minute people and be like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I almost, I, well, cause like with, that was the thing I went through where I was like, I don't re- I really don't want to vote for Biden. But then it's like a last minute, like last week, like fine, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and I thought a lot of moderates, whoever, you know, would have had the same epiphany, but you know, a lot of them had in the opposite direction, Yeah, which is interesting. That's the thing. Like both of my parents are moderates and I pretty, like, I don't want to say who they voted for, but I'm pretty sure given the, their voting history and who they voted for in 2016, they probably voted for Trump again. And it's like. The, the thing I was talking about today is how oddly people see Democratic policy. Like, we've talked in the past about how the Democratic Party is slowly becoming, like, the new conservative party while no. Republicans just, like, go off the deep end into fascism. And, like, the issue is there's people who are so socially liberal but are still fiscally conservative that are going to fit in perfectly into the new Democratic Party in, like, 10 or 15 years. But right now they're still saying, like, oh, I don't agree with Trump, but I'm still going to vote for him because he's still the fiscally conservative candidate or the candidate sponsored by the fiscally conservative party. So um, shifting gears a little bit here uh, because I I can't believe we've already blasted through a quarter of this. That was Good Lord. That was (laughs) fine because I wasn't going to have an introduction and everything, but um, no, we're just, we're going in. Um, So Biden's won. Mm Mm-hmm. In this universe. Yes. Uh, Biden is one. So what do you think the next three months until January looks like? Um, um, what kind of shenanigans are we going to see? Will they like stick? Or is this just going to be Trump's last flail before he's carted out? I'm going to say it depends. I'm going to say the next two weeks are the most critical points. Because if Trump, if Joe Biden wins, uh, Trump's going to argue it no matter what. It's going to go up to the Supreme Court. And I think if the margin is small enough, the Supreme Court is just going to hand the election to Trump. So assuming the margin is wide enough and Joe Biden wins the Supreme Court's appeal. After that point, I think Donald Trump... Honestly, I'm, I'm interested to see how the transfer of power itself would go. I think the physical inauguration ceremony for Joe Biden could turn very violent very easily. Mm. Oh, yeah. You can't even have a... With all social distancing stuff. Oh, that's a very good point. You know, honest, if Biden was smart, he'd just use it as an excuse not to have, like... Yeah. And dudes, don't do anything. I think he's probably going to try some, like, social distance bullshit, but, like... He already, like, ran a completely closeted campaign. Even before coronavirus, he'll have a closeted presidency, too, Mm -hmm. so... Um, I I agree with that. Though, I I think there is a a chance if, you know... Like, let's say uh, Biden does win 270 or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, Or, or, you know, even if he does win, like, 280, but there's, like, a lot of contention or the races are close enough that, Mm -hmm. you know, there could be an opportunity for the Supreme Court to weigh in. Yeah. Um, I actually think there's a, a good percentage chance that they wouldn't. Really? Because think about them as... 
um, a, a, as an organization. You know, there's nine people. They are lifelong terms. You know, they are meant to think a little bit more long term about this stuff. When they weighed in uh, with uh, Bush v. Gore, they lost a lot of credibility. Um, and I think that was something that they have, you know, they probably don't want to repeat. Now, they might, I don't know, but I think there's a good chance that I, they're smart enough to know that if they do that, if they somehow hand Trump the election, this whole question of like this, this thing where it's like right now the whole reform of the Supreme Court is currently like a, a popular idea in the Democratic Party that's being yeah. bounced around. Mm-hmm. If they hand the election to Trump and the Supreme Court decides an election for the second time in the last two decades, it does not, it becomes when is it going to get reformed? It's yes. no longer if, if doesn't need to be, it, it's a must, like they will forever alienate. They, there, no one will be able to say the Supreme Court is an impartial judge it's a political organization like all the other ones Mm -hmm. it's a political agency that can be reformed i honestly i i see your take i raise you the answer of i really think they just might not care because a very consistent republican trait is not caring about posterity and not caring about keeping the door open for those behind them i think the supreme court and just like Republicans, I think one of their fatal flaws is the fact that they are just short-sighted as an organization. Flaw, it's a feature. <laughs> That's a feature for them. Um, if anything, if they didn't have blind... Uh, ambition. And blind ambition, they wouldn't have... They would have... Anybody with even a, 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 a modicum of, 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 of self-respect would have dropped the ball decades ago. Yeah. You know, like they wouldn't have gone, you know, gone to these ridiculous lengths just to maintain power, but they just care about winning. And, you know, I, there's a party that respects, respects that, you know, just the pure, like we, you're contradicting yourself. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Didn't do it anyway. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's the thing. Like I think the Supreme court at the end of the day would just hand the election to Trump because what you're going to, you're going to, you're going to reform the Supreme Court when you guys actually win an election. Yeah, Yeah, the Supreme Court just does it forever, you know. But there's a chance. And I've always said um, the country is, well, now 10, uh, good good people away from collapsing Mm -hmm. into complete. So you would like to think most, some of those good people are like in our, are heading in the Supreme court. But if we're just one too many, we're one short. Um, yeah, it might not be enough anymore. Yeah. I mean, cause literally like if you just had like 10 less of the good people that are keeping the administration together right now, the doors are open. Mm-hmm. The doors are wide open to do pretty much anything with the law. So that is a bet, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, so assuming we get through January, and the world hasn't imploded. The world has imploded. We get... A civil war hasn't started. A civil war hasn't started. world hasn't imploded. And we just get a bland, uh, socially distanced, probably people in, like, their cars on the, like, White House lawn honking <laughs> as a... Uh, oh, that's a nice... Nice interruption. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, a thing in the system. Um, let me repeat that. Assuming we get there, mm-hmm. uh, what is the first year of the Biden-Harris administration going to look like? I think policy-wise, it's going to look like... I think they're not going to get a lot done. 
or I'm not, I don't think they're going to get a lot of things passed. Yeah, I'm going to assume they're not going to have the Senate. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if they don't have the Senate, then they're still kind of screwed, like, a little bit. Because the Senate has proven time and time again that if you don't have the majority, they are just going to plant their heels and get yeah, absolutely and, you know, nothing done. Yeah, and you've got done. McConnell, you've got... Graham. Lit- yeah, you got Graham. Ugh. The same old... The, the, the crew is back together again. Yeah, and it's literally... They're just going to try and make the last year of Obama's presidency last four years, is what I see them trying to do. So, I think... Joe Biden will try to enact some of his policies that he has campaigned on, but the Senate is really just going to be the Great Wall of China in that situation and just not let it happen. Does Joe Biden um, retire within the first year? Ooh, I haven't thought about that possibility. I don't think he's going to retire unless he dies because then... The Senate. Yeah, the Republicans would never let him live it down. Ever. Well, you know, actually, I, I'm going to pause briefly here mm-hmm. uh, because I actually want to look up. Uh, the legislation only specifies who is to become president. When the pres- position of vice president becomes vacant, the 25th Amendment states, whenever there's a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. Okay. Interesting. Because let's get real for a second here, we are we are on the we're on the heels of a Joe Biden win. Joe Biden is barely like I'm sorry, barely put together. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised. It if, comes down uh, to how many allies Trump himself would have in the uh, in the Senate. Well, I'm just anticipating that debate because Kamala Harris is president. You have a, a Republican Senate, a Democratic House. They're gonna for once, actually have to compromise and come to and select a vice president mm-hmm. who they all both agree with. That, that would who be Who do funny. you think that would be? <laughs> Is there anybody in the country who exists? Just dig up John McCain. <laughs> John McCain from the grave and put him in the position. I, I think someone... I Mitt Romney. Mm. I raise Mitt Romney. <laughs> You know, that seems just like corporate Democrat Democrat enough to actually agree with you. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact, I think the fact that he was outspoken against Trump for the, for yeah. the entire presidency oh my God, is going to be in his favor. He's just as bad as Trump, except he's not impolite. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. the only difference. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. Uh, and uh, likely... Maybe not Mitt Romney, but definitely some... A Mitt so- Romney type. Yeah, some sort of milk toast totally ineffectual person would become vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they just got to rid of Kamala Harris. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So first year, so Biden may or may not retire or mm-hmm. something else. Uh, but assuming that doesn't happen and he tries his best, what do you think? What What's your best case, worst case? Uh, best case scenario, I think he's going to maybe get one major policy thing passed. I honestly, it's... I don't know what it would be because I think so many people are going to want him to do certain things first because like the first hundred days are so important. I don't even know like what you start with it. It's like when everything's on fire, what, what fire do you put out first? Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, a big part of what he's going to be doing is undoing Trump executive orders. That's a good point. Because he doesn't need, he doesn't need, um, congressional approval for that. Um, 
if anything, I think we're going to see more of an interventionist shift in U.S. foreign policy under Biden administration. Mm -hmm. Biden has already all but, you know, he's pretty much positioned himself to the right of Trump on foreign policy. So I think we're going to see a lot of troop movements, maybe even deployments. I don't know. I mean, of um, where Trump has been more stagnant. Uh, now, Trump is the kind of person that could either, like, literally take all the troops out or, like, send them all in to go invade some random country. So that wasn't a very... St- so Trump's not actually, like, left on uh, foreign policy, but he at least pretends he is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Biden has a very concrete isolation... Or an iso- opposite of isolationist, uh, interventionist um, way of looking at U.S. foreign policy. So I expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. I guess in kind of a worst-case scenario, yeah. Um... But yeah, executive orders, foreign policy. I don't know what else you can do if there's a Republican Senate. Are you concerned about the possibility? Like, one of my least favorite things just about the two-party system is that every time there's a new president, every president's first move is to just undo everything from the president beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw it with Trump. You saw it, You're going to see it with Joe Biden. Do you think if Joe Biden held off on that and instead, like, slowly undid executive orders like over the course of his presidency or maybe did like another thing first before he started focusing on undoing trump policies do you think trump's little fan base i mean i can't even call them like supporters at this point uh do you think his little fan base will hate joe biden less or do you think like no interesting no i mean now to be okay i'll say i'll take two positions on this if we're talking about people who are actually in the biden administration advising him I think that would be a good 50-50. Like, 50% of them will probably be like, oh, yeah, you know, let's not completely tear down the Trump administration and undo everything. The other half probably say, yeah, let's do it. My opinion is 100% tear it all down. Because oh, yeah. this is the same uh-huh. old Obama-style, let's negotiate, let's try to make Republicans like us. Never didn't work then. It's not going to work now. especially not going to work now. They will call Biden a communist every day, 24 mm-hmm. hours. He could... He could ban abortion. They would call him a communist and the, the most one of the most evil men in America every day without fail. Mm-hmm. He could like rank up police brutality. He could invade every country. He could like, like it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, at this point, it's all it's. And I'll get into this later, but the 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 Trumpism isn't going away anytime soon. Okay, and Trump himself probably will not be going away anytime soon. So. Um, I think Biden's got little to lose and a lot to gain by just like publicly, very publicly, just getting wiping the floor clean with all the Trump era stuff. Because he's not going to be able to do much else except undo what he did. Because with the Republican Senate, what's nothing? He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have a. He doesn't. So have little's going to get done. Um, and even if the Democrats did, like, even if it's a tie, or you know, fifty fifty, or you know, whatever, even if they did, like barely get the senate like by like 51 49 doesn't matter they're gonna be so tepid they're mm-hmm. gonna pass very little and the republicans will be so angry they will they will um uh, what am i thinking what's that word St- where they stall things in senate oh crap. filibuster yes they're both they're gonna filibuster uh okay. the heck out of that mm-hmm. so um yeah I don't know. I, I said, pro, like, best and worst. I'm just kind of going... I know I'm just kind of saying the worst case scenario, so... <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's the most realistic. So what's... I mean, I guess a best case scenario... Um, I don't know, like... Biden's, like... Biden uh, legalizes marijuana. 
Oh, that'd be dope as fuck. He could shut down Guantanamo Bay. I, I think that's a little bit too left for him. Probably. I mean, best case. It's, okay, yeah. Best case. And I'll say uh, Biden slash Kamala Harris, because maybe Kamala Harris will be in power within the first That's year. a cop, sir. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? We could be op- optimistic here. Um, but yeah, so uh, free nonviolent drug offenders... I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Obama did like 300 out of the, you know, hundreds of thousands. I think any kind of police reform isn't going to happen in a heavy way. But he does Biden's control presidency. the Department of Justice, you know. He does, but I think that's just, it's going to become more of like a, he's going to improve their reactive measures. He's not going to improve their preventative measures for police brutality. But it also matters is he can control what laws are getting enforced. That's true. So if he doesn't want to enforce certain drug laws, he just doesn't have to. He could just say, don't do that. You know, and they don't have to. No, you know, sure, the Senate can cry and all that, but ultimately, um, which warrants its own episode, the president has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. A lot of power. And the Senate and the Congress, um, unless you're going to get like 75, you know, like total bipartisan support, you have no chance of reeling the president in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really, the president can do whatever they want, whatever they what, whatever they want. So, my question is, what is the statute that makes like marijuana federally illegal? Like, what is the law? Is it like an ex- like how does the president? Repeal it's that? the they uh it's 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 um listed as a dangerous controlled like Schedule uh, One substance. Okay. And the truth is, this entire time, even though states have said marijuana is illegal or illegal. Um, the federal government can go in at any time, yeah, any, and any point and enforce that. Yeah. And say, nope, federally it's still illegal. So, you know, federal law, Trump state law. Um, but, you know, funny, uh, Obama and Trump did not, have not pushed against that. Yeah. Um, mostly because it's, it's popular and it's on, it's going to happen anyway. I yeah. mean, we just, good news, three states legalized it. Mm-hmm. I think, what was it? It was, um. New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey, Montana, maybe? Or, I don't know. I don't remember now. Uh, I, let's talk about Oregon legalizing everything. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, well, I'll specify. They didn't legalize everything. They decriminalized everything under a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're caught with, like, a little bit of cocaine, that's not going to be treated as, like, a, you know, uh, they're not going to throw you in jail for that, right? You know, they'll treat it as a mental health problem, um, which is totally correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope is the norm within 20 years. Um, but anyway, yes, so that, that that's a little sp- uh, sprinkle of good news. Um, but yeah, no, the president has a ton of power. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if Trump was smart and ambitious, he could have been a lot more authoritarian. Like, people don't understand, like, we got it easy. I mean, I, mean, I know that's terrible for, like, all the shitty things he did do, two, two and a half thousand people dead, quarter of a million dead, but... With that said, he could have done way worse with the powers that are granted to the president. But yeah, Biden in the same vein has a lot of power that, you know, he can choose which laws are enforced, which ones aren't, yeah. even though Congress wants to pass it. Sure, Congress gives him a budget, but, you know, discretionary spending, he can pull budgets out of this office and put it in that one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're just going to see, like, a return to second term Obama. Yeah. Like this second term Obama administration. Uh, which is not great. And we're not going to get any COVID help, so say goodbye to that. The Trump... I mean, they will they will block everything. Oh, absolutely. Everything. 
Um, and, you know, you've got such a stacked Supreme Court now that even if you had, like, something where it had such good bipartisan support that even, like, one Supreme Court justice on the Republican side switched, still wouldn't be enough. Yeah. Because it's Cape got six. Now it's 6-3. Uh, so... Uh, ridiculous. No, you would need new. I'm sorry. You need two Republicans to switch sides, which okay. Good luck with that. Uh, even for stupid shit, like even for mundane stuff, a lot of them like things will probably just get blocked. When do you think Roe v. Wade's gonna be overturned? <laughs> like I said, well, like I said, this this is depends if we go with my theory of like the Supreme Court wanting to preserve itself, because if once again there are certain issues where they completely overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, they're they're getting themselves on the chopping block for for re- massive reform whenever Democrats really take control, which inevitably will happen with shifting shifting demographics. I won't say Democrats, but I will just say progressives. Or when progr- people on the left side. <laughs> when people on the left side take back some semblance of control, uh, Supreme Court's on the chopping block. So what I predict uh, with Roe v. Wade, uh, just what we've already seen very slow chipping away. Well, I mean... You know, very slowly. I mean, um, assuming nothing happens to the Supreme Court, we can probably expect Roe v. Wade to be gone within 20 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, over time. So it's, you know, it's nice. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) So they're just going to put that in hospice, essentially, and just kind of let it fade. Yeah, let it fade off. I mean, that's already pretty much happened in a lot of states. Yeah. Um, I mean, abortions are way harder to get now than they were, like, 30 years ago. So, um, So that's kind of a Biden administration... Uh, first year um so the real question is um obviously i i I don't know how academic it does it is for us to go like too far in the future with like you know what's going to happen with the midterms what's going to happen with re-election but i think what's what is really important is as we discussed at the the start of the show there's been a lot of issues with the projections joe biden did not there was no blue wave. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a blue ripple, but certainly not a wave. Um, and what does that mean for the future? So I guess I kind of, uh, we've already kind of talked about the main takeaways, but um, how do you think that's going to affect uh, future Democratic elections? And how do you think that's going to start setting the stage for uh, uh, 2024? I think... 2024, it has to be a return to normalcy. It has to be. Normalcy in what sense? Normalcy in that, like, the political game goes back to the way it was. It, like, I think a a Trump is going to run for election in 2024. They've pretty much all but guaranteed it at this point. If anything, it, what, which one's the oldest Trump? Is it Trump Jr.? Yeah, it's probably. I think it's Trump Jr. So, I think he or Ivanka is going to run, and mm. that's going to turn into a kind of messy election again. But they're going to be going against like, I think like I saw I saw TikTok that was predicting who would be running in twenty twenty four on the Democrat side. And it was like Andrew Yang again, Beto or not Beto or uh, fucking the rat guy. Oh, Pete Buttigieg? Yes! <laughs> um, a- they said AOC might run. If AOC ran, that would be very much another crazy-ass election. I would rather see Nina Turner run uh, than AOC, because I'm... So- well, I mean, AOC would be very, like, 
Obama-esque in the sense of she would be like this, you know, four or five-year congresswoman mm-hmm. who's kind of, you know, still a new upstart that gets in. So I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I would be... I hate to be like, oh, but experience, but... Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, AOC is pretty still unseasoned. Um, and maybe she'll be more seasoned within four years, but, like, there's a lot of pressures for presidency. That's You true. have to be, like, prepared for yeah. the for if the bullshit still, they're going to throw at yeah. you. If she's still talking about how, like, oh, I was just a bartender before this, then, like, it might it might mean she's still a little too green. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see about that. Um, but, yeah... I disagree a bit okay. with, with how this is going to go. Um, I, I, I really do believe that you get rid of Trump, you still have Trumpism. Okay. Now, I don't think Trump is a unique amalgamation of, of character, you know, name recognition, experience, mm-hmm. branding. Crazy. Crazy, unfiltered. You know, like, oh, you can, oh, unfiltered in a way you can't find almost any politician. Okay. Complete self-confidence in his own malarkey mm-hmm. you know and um yeah so yes in that sense uh i don't think trump will run in 2024 he'll either be dead or oh, yeah. or i don't know i just doubt he'd run again oh, Ma- yeah. maybe he would but i doubt it can you it, he himself can't run again he can run again you're lying nope the, the the rule in the constitution is just you can't serve for president longer than 10 years that's that's it like that's the only rule so he can technically run again. Uh, and what, serve a half term? Well, no, because he only was president for four years. Oh, oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh, has it felt like eight years to you? Yes, it has felt like eight years. <laughs> oh my God, if he ran it, he, he would be dead in 2024. <laughs> he will be dead in 2024. <laughs> uh, you scared me so much there. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, he, I don't think he's going to have a, a prominent effect uh, or a direct effect anyway. But, oh yeah, no. But I think if he loses this election, he's going to just like, <laughs> I, I'm going to curse on purpose here. He's just going to fuck off and die. But like, he's just going to be very loud about it. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, there is kind of a notion that Trumpism will like fizzle out. And I think that will happen to an extent. But the the problem is you are going to get four years, a four-year administration that does little to nothing. Yeah. Um, and the few things they would do would be socially left things, mm-hmm. which would just antagonize... The right. The right even more. Um, what, and... Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've got so much material in this because I spent too much time thinking about this today. But, like, it really does come down to a couple of factors. Demographic demographic shifts, mm-hmm. um, both in the country and between both parties. And, um, and um, ideas of identity. And those are the two things that we are, we, you know, we're going to face coming up. And uh, without going into great detail, because... You know, I'm going to go off on a whole tangent. Oh, yeah. But without going into great detail, I think the lid was blown open mm-hmm. with Obama. There was, like, this, um, since kind of the end of civil rights, there was this almost, like, low grumbling of, like, fine. And they all the racists kind of went back in their hole. Not completely. But as far as it being an openly, you know, a lot of these things being openly politically correct, 
No, there was a certain consensus after yeah. civil rights that at least in appearance and in some substantive policy, we're not going to do the whole like, you know, white is right thing anymore. Yeah. We're kind of putting or shelving that one. Um, and everyone was good with that, um, you know, because it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, civil rights did change things, but nothing's happened since then. Everything is like, you know, we're we leaving the 60s behind us. Mm -hmm. The racial chaos is, is good. You know, everyone's good. And then Obama flipped the lid. Mm -hmm. You know, you already had a Republican media machine building for decades to this point. But when Obama won, the lid was blown off. You couldn't put the lid back on again. Um, and, you know, this is the part that I always like, like always trying to kind of navigate around. But yeah, I said this last episode, controversial, I'll say it again. A good chunk of the country are racist. And the main problem, the reason why Democrats don't win elections is because Democrats on personal levels... Pete Buttigieg is an asshat yes. when it comes to policy. But yeah, socially, on a personal level, you know, he, he well, he's gay, you know? He, he is socially liberal. Yeah. So you have this horrible dilemma where you've got the politicians that are running the Democratic Party, and let's be honest, a lot of Republicans, too, are socially liberal. They just pretend not to be. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, education leads to usually being more socially liberal. That's just the math. So you have uh, both sides, uh, you know, are, are relatively social liberal. Republicans pretend not to be. Liberals have recently started expressing that very yeah. openly uh, just because of social media and how much pressure there is to, like, do that. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is that a good chunk of the country ain't woke. Oh, yeah. They're not woke. Not. So you have a problem with governance and winning elections where you have horrible economic policies and you can't really appeal to this middle america you know third of the country whatever that's racist yeah um or just or probably you know probably 50 or 60 percent of the country ain't even woke forget racist they're just not woke i think <laughs> what it seems like you're trying to say is like up until the 2016 election racism wasn't a like political issue in that you weren't talking about racism right. in politics. Right. It was it was it was taking a backdrop. You know, the the yeah. the uh the um the culture war as mm -hmm. the right likes to call it was a subtle. It was subtly happening. Yeah. Now it is the forefront. Biden or um uh, Barack Obama winning somehow like blew the lid and all the uh, liberal politicians were like, oh, well, let's publicly do the culture war now. Like mm -hmm. we don't have to hide like we finally have reached a metric where, like, enough of the country is, like, woke now <laughs> that we can, like, start being openly, like, socially liberal. <laughs> a bunch of liberal politicians said, hey, I have a black friend. I can do this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a black president. This is okay. <laughs> so, how do you win elections when you have nothing economic to offer these people? Yeah. Socially, you disagree with 60% of the country. Mm -hmm. You know... What, what do you have to appeal to? Now, yeah, of course. And, and then if with their own base, the only reason, at least I know I'm going to speak for you, but I think the only reason why young people like us voted for Biden is only for the social issues. So, oh, no. I voted for Biden literally only because, like, blue no matter who. Yeah. Because literally anyone is better than Trump. Right. Right. So, I mean, in, in a sense, it... it, it, it there is a, 
it, it helps them with the base a little bit, but like, it's not enough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a statistic somewhere, take this with a huge grain of salt. You know, you could probably categorize like 35% of the country as like some variation of woke. That's not enough to win a presidential oh, election. Oh, no, not at all. You know, all the, the, the reason why Biden's only going to win is because he convinced enough moderates to put aside, even though they're not woke, to just, you know, cause, because they hate Trump so much that they were willing to vote, even though they probably socially disagree with Biden. And that's the thing, like, I think that's why I'm going to turn this as like in, into a little more like socially serious note for a second. This is why, like, you need to talk about racial issues, even if someone says, like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable, like, oh, can we please not talk about it? So many people aren't woke, not because, like, they're just actually racist, but because they see it as, like, oh, racism is a political issue and I don't like politics, therefore, we shouldn't talk about racism or politics, the thing is, racism is more than a political issue. It is a human rights issue. It is a life issue. And you need to talk about things like BLM with the people that you care about, mm-hmm. even if they are moderate, especially if they are moderate or right-leaning. So building on that, I think the the issue then becomes, this is 10 minutes to explain one very simple point. Of, I don't know if the Democrats will win in 2024 unless, unless... They, or I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to have a left government or any, even anything remotely left until we address the, in a sense, win the culture war and just oh, yeah. put it to bed. Because here's the problem. As long as it's being discussed openly, actively, and all the time it's a political issue, the right will not rest. Trumpism oh, will yeah. be alive and well. And because of, and because of that, yeah. I believe that you need a conclusion. Just like how the Civil Rights Act obviously was not the actual conclusion to race. It's not like Civil Rights was like, whoop, all right, we're okay, we're done now, we fixed racism. But it was a culturally, like, this is the, we're putting the pause button Mm -hmm. now for the next 40 years on this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in that sense, and, you know, and and I shouldn't say, it's not just race, it's it's sex, it's it's immigration, It's, it's a series of different social issues, you know, that are you know, just raging. Um, effectively, what I'm saying is the Joe Biden pre- the problem with the Joe Biden presidency is both because of obstruction from the, the Senate and because of, but even if they didn't have the Senate, if by some reason they win in the, 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 the midterms, um, you're going to, the Biden administration is not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything for effective, to effectively fix the problems oh, yeah, and no. to put a lid on it. And that's the thing, like, Biden is very much, he's not going to actually, like, physically undo any of the damage that Trump being president, not just, like, the Trump presidency, but Trump being president in himself, like, he normalized racism in the political sphere. And Biden isn't going to undo any of that. Biden is just, like, pausing. And, like, it's not making anything worse, but it's also not making anything better. We need someone who is not Biden. To make everything better. To use an analogy, right? So I got this candle right here, which is really hot, but I'm going to do this for the <laughs> sake of like live analysis. See, this is the benefit of recording in person. Mm-hmm. I can have props now. Exactly. Um, you know, Biden, so this is like Trumpism mm-hmm. with this flame and I just go, that's, that's Biden yeah. on the Trump flame. Just, just makes it shift a little bit. You need to go like full, like you need to blow it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is the sad truth that I don't think a lot of 
moderates, moderate Democrats, conservative Democrats have accepted is that we, it's like trying to slowly take a bandaid off. Mm-hmm. You have to rip the thing off. Yeah. We just have to win the culture war, win these issues, you know, it's time to just bam, 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 one after the other, mm-hmm. pass, do massive reform so we can rebuild and reconcile and try to rebuild new coalitions and stuff because as long as these issues are um, like omnipresent and no one's actually addressing them, you know, Republicans making them worse, Democrats ignoring, this this is just going to extend. This yeah. this sort of Trump is in this chaos will just extend for years and years and years until some until there's finally uh, an end, like, you know, an end to it. The mm-hmm. candle's finally snuffed out. And that will only happen through drastic action that Biden is not capable of doing, Camille Harris is not capable of doing, emotionally, physically, politically, they mm-hmm. can't do it. You know, yeah, an ASC probably could. But... I don't know. I, I don't know how it ends. I don't know if it ends. I don't know how it would look like. But I do know that this division will not, like, I mean, and like I said, I hate to be like, we need to, like, find a solution, a temporary solution. That way we could just, like, put the pause button back on for the next 40 or 50 years. Yeah. When we inevitably have to bring it up again. But, like, that's the only way Democrats are going to effectively be able to run. Because, like I said, we live in a country, you cannot win elections without racists. The question for me is, what is, like, when you say solution, is the solution, like, the dissolving of the two-party system where, like, we have just, like, a unified body in the country that is able to make decisions peacefully? Or when you say solution, do you just say a return to the two-party system where, like, politics goes back to the normal way it was before the 2016 election. You know, it's like if you have a fire in your kitchen and you let it sit there, the longer the fire's there, the more the kitchen's going to get destroyed, right? Yeah. The longer this lasts, the more it gets destroyed. If by some... Like, if Bernie had gotten in this year or in 2016 and then, you know, had somehow won a supermajority, Obama was the time to really fix this Mm because that's when he had a supermajority in the Senate, House... No one could have stopped him. No one could stop. He could have passed all of it. He could have done it all in two years, and that would have been the civil rights of our era, and it would have been put to rest. But now, I don't know, because honestly, the only way you could do it, I think, is you do need like a huge... You need a wave. You need. A, we needed a blue wave, a huge blue wave, um, to like have enough people to do it. The Democrats are cowards. The Republicans are just going to make it worse. So I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know how it happens. Yeah. But I know a resolution will come. Mm-hmm. If that means the, the like uh, some form of destruction of the country as we know it, maybe. If it's just finally, you know, people have enough and... You know, there's some massive party shift, like the Republicans become the, the liberals and the, the Democrats become the conservatives, because that is what we saw this election. Mm-hmm. Trump is up, not by much, but he is up in every minority demographic. Mm-hmm. He is up with the poor. Um, and Biden is um, has increased the white vote in comparison to Hillary in 2016. He has increased the wealthy vote, the upper middle class vote. Um, and, you know, insert the Lincoln project here, mm-hmm. he's increased the amount of right-wingers that are affiliated with the Democratic Party because, you know, they're just as bad as Trump, but they're polite. So they don't like Trump, so now they're going to jump on the Democratic Party bandwagon. And that's the crazy thing. Like, is there something that we as leftists are doing wrong? Like, 
Um, so, I, you know, I've thought about this with Bernie Lost, and I think it's two things that the left is doing. One, first of all, left has no solidarity. Uh, we will we will throw each other under the bus for the stupidest things I've ever seen. Republicans will defend their own even if they're like a pedophile. Yeah. Like like ten time pedophile, not even like one time, like ten time pedophile. They will defend each other to the grave. I, okay, yeah, I think the good example of that probably is the Democratic primary. Everyone has a main character complex. Everyone thinks that they are the next president and that, like, they are the one to fix the system when in reality it has to be a little like, bit of everyone. Like, the whole Bernie thing, like, um, not to throw myself under the bus, but the whole Bernie thing where, like, um, you know, he told, he said, she said, he said that Elizabeth Warren couldn't be president because Warren yeah. could be like, first of all, as we've kind of learned, he didn't really say that. Um, but even if he did say that, that's not a reason to blow up the entire primary and party. And Elizabeth Warren just, like, supporters annoyed the shit out of me. There's no there solidarity. Is, there's yeah. not. I mean, I, I, I'm totally guilty of it. I'm not even leaving myself. I'm totally yeah, guilty of non-solidarity activities. Um, me voting for Biden was, like, my mental attempt to say, okay, let's have solidarity. They wouldn't fucking vote for Bi- they wouldn't vote for Bernie if, it, oh, if my shoes my, my shoes were reversed, but some of them would, but most a lot of them wouldn't. Um, but yeah, so solidarity, huge problem. Liberals liberals and progressives love to die on hills. Mm-hmm. They love to die on hills. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, and that's because of the woke culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are we're much more internalizing, self-internalizing, self-analyzing, blah blah blah, which is a strength but a weakness, big weakness. Um, and the second problem is um, progressives do not want and are not interested in courting racists, which, yeah. as we discuss, is in some variety at least a good chunk, of, like more than half of the country, at least like 35, 65% of the country reasonably is not woke. Mm-hmm. Maybe not racist, but definitely not woke. And if you're not willing to court those people or are unwilling to relate to them, you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose elections. Bad. Yeah. Because, and that was, and we kind of saw this with Bernie in 2016, right? Hillary Clinton, Bernie was, Bernie's election in 2016 was interesting. Because mm-hmm. what, what was the major criticism against Bernie? It's too white. His, his coalition is too white. Which was true. That mm-hmm. was true. It was, it was very white and very like rural class. There was a lot of non-woke people voting for Bernie on economic issues. Mm-hmm. Well, the next four years... Half because you know Bernie is just that's just who Bernie is, and from a strategy standpoint, made it made sure his reelection campaign would not be mostly white or yeah. like you know rural America. So he you know he 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 had the one of the most diverse coalitions of mm-hmm. people behind him. He lost that vote because Bernie went way more woke in his. We know Bernie's the most woke of all of them. The but, question is, what margin did he lose by in twenty nineteen versus in twenty sixteen or twenty twenty versus twenty sixteen? Well, he he considerably lost rural votes. Now that's also because there was like a hundred people running. Yeah. Um. So that didn't help either. But I do think there was a seismic shift of Bernie did get more minority votes. You know, he got more of the woke vote, as I would say. But he lost the people that are like. You know, I'm not really about this whole woke stuff, and I don't, you know, I don't understand these issues. But I like healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like this. So those are the two reasons the left won't win because they don't. We can't. You know, like if you're a leftist and you're seriously running, if it, like um, uh, you know, any AOC or whatever, some leftist comes and says, "Well, you know, I believe we gotta like take care of racist white people in this country." They'd be like, "Get the 
fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, no one wants to hear that. Even though, like, on some level we know it's all true, mm-hmm. we don't want to accept, we don't want to accept the two-thirds yeah. of the country's racist. And, like, you gotta, gotta be real. You kind of, you're gonna have to appeal to them in some degree. It doesn't have to, like, okay, when Hillary Clinton thinks I'm going to appeal to racist voters, she's like, I, she puts on this, like, this country accent, says, I'm Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and I love oil, and I love fracking. Stop. And, uh, that's what she thinks, like, appeal, but they're not stupid. Yeah. They know that you're faking it and you're going to go back to your big mansion in New York, mm-hmm. Hollywood elite, whatever. Bernie Sanders was a rare case where he lives in, you know, rural Vermont, you know, yeah, he's the poorest senator. Yeah. You know, he, you know, he's pretty in touch with the, you know, a lot of his friends are actually normal, like working class people. Mm-hmm. And that's evident. From, like, the way he talks, his speech, he's a very simplistic speaker, he's not overly wordy, and he's not pretentious, Yeah, you know? I mean, liberals are pretentious. A lot of liberals yes. are pretentious. I'm not even counting myself out. I'm very pretentious, too. <laughs> but, uh, all, I mean, wokeness comes off as pretentious, because, you know, like, let's get real. If you're a guy who works on the farm 14 hours uh, every day you're not for 40 years you're some college student talking about it's not even like who has the time to yes. be woke that's uh, such a good point oh my god <laughs> who has the time wokeness takes like i um like free thought and like critical thinking is a luxury yeah. and i wish we would treat it like that yeah everyone always assumes uneducated voters everyone needs to be educated when do you get the fucking time yeah nobody has time for this and like you have to also think about how much more miserable you are when you're like when you are looking behind the curtain and like you're actually realizing like holy shit the system isn't what like people actually make it out to be this kind of sucks like all of the smartest people are depressed and it's not a coincidence yeah and i i also think that with a lot of conservative voters you know or not you know just people that aren't woke you know they kind of fall into two camps they're just kind of like eh, shrug it off and just i'm gonna live my life i don't really care what people think i'll try to be nice but i'm not gonna like adopt this whole like hyper hyperized woke yeah. culture and then the other half internalize it and be like um you know i'm going to double down on like my my the things that make me who i you know i'm gonna i'm white i'm christian i'm whatever you know you start identifying with that because you feel oh i'm under attack i'm under attack how do you explain to someone that it's never been about attacking i i mean it's difficult because we have so much more in common than we have apart bernie sanders had like he had the right idea these people want health care Trump voters want health care i'll scream that under the sun they want health care they may not like you might not want to like phrase it like Bernie does. You don't call it socialized medicine or anything like that. But if you just say like, Hey, do you want cheap healthcare? Like healthcare? Do you want to not die? The thing like, is they want cheap healthcare for themselves. Right. They don't want cheap healthcare for other people. Well, if it means they have to, they have to pay for it. Well, and that, you know, that's uh that's kind of hint. That's kind of going into a, a different episode territory, but that, I think that's a fundamental problem with America. Um, you know, and, and this is, like I said, this isn't like, once again, uh, not, this isn't a popular opinion on the left, but it's really easy for Norway to have an amazing welfare state when they all look the same, think the same, have the same exact education, same mm-hmm. religious background, 
um, ethnic background, linguistic bank background. Um, and wouldn't you know, the second they introduced immigrants to those systems, they're starting to buckle now. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's basic groupthink. I want stuff for my group, not for you. Um, you know, your group bad, my group good. It's ba really basic animalist. Sure, it's animalistic, basic ass groupthink. We all do it on some level. Mm -hmm. It just depends who, like, you know, my group thinks on a planetary level, you know, but I would probably, you know, shit on aliens. But other people's are just in their town. Yeah. That's their group, you know? Or some people's are just like the Christians, mm -hmm. which is also code word for white, which is also code word for, you know, insert, you know, yeah. other dog whistle here. Um, yeah, they don't want to pay for other groups healthcare because they perceive them as a leech on mm -hmm. the system because they are the other you can't do that in norway because everyone's on the same team yeah you know you know what what's the worst rivalries happen in norway like hockey games you know <laughs> like those are probably moose racing <laughs> yeah like you know and so of course a welfare state works great in those places of course it can work in america but nice like, so it's a whole other episode but yeah that that's that is a big problem is identity people don't the trump people if trump somehow could like arrange a health campaign just for trump supporters he would they, do it. they would love it they would they would they would eat, they love social security they love the police the police department is a huge social so socialism program they love the military military is single-handedly the biggest socialist program in the history of the world okay um I, I, they love socialism. They just don't want socialism for other people. Yeah. So I know we're, we're running short on time, so I think we'll kind of try to finish it up, even though I'm sure we could talk about this for oh. a long time. But um, as far as the future and elections and demographics and, and that sort of thing, what do you think, or do you think there is um, a... A, you know, a, a, lid, a big old lid we can put in all of this. The, the civil rights acts of our generation. Are, do you think these are can, can happen? Or are we just looking at a slow descent into chaotic madness for the next decade? I think if there is a civil rights act of our generation, it's not happening in the next four years. Realistically. That's for sure. It's so not happening. Even if Joe Biden wins. Especially not if Trump wins. I think... 2020 or from now to 2024 is either going to be more of the same bullshit and as a result making everything worse and the steady decline downhill is going to become steeper or it's going to be a halting at like the edge of the cliff and then we need someone stronger than joe biden to actually pull us back up what we've already gone down so i'll kind of um leave like this this specific segment on a, on a semi-positive note mm-hmm I do believe that it's kind of like you talked about earlier. This is why these conversations are so important to have about race and these sorts of things. Because people, it's not, people are not monolithic. Mm -hmm. As we discussed, people can become woke. Anyone can become woke. It's just a matter of uh, having the time and having someone patiently explain it to you. And exactly. you being a little open to it. So, and demographically, like I said, there's no hard science on this. But, you know, college education is increasing. Internet usage is increasing. You know, knowledge. You know, knowledge in general is increasing, and and demographic. That's when I kind of hinted at the beginning about demographics. 
demographic shifting is the other thing. We are we are becoming less white, less rural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more immigrants are coming in. Immigrants are having um, you know more kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That is all. Those are trending towards more woke people, more woke people. So right now, okay, thirty five percent of the country is woke, and you can't win elections with that. Twenty years from now, maybe even sooner, fifteen years from now, maybe half the country is woke, mm-hmm. and we can actually legitimately run completely on a social, like uh, socially liberal and socially. Um, social or social, I said social like four times. Socially liberal and fiscally liberal as well, and actually fiscally socialist program, um, effectively. And we don't even have to appeal to races anymore. That's the best case scenario, but that is that's definitely not happening anytime soon. It's the fact that we're racing against the clock for like a lot of state it- capitalism that we're in right now, and it's a question of is that going to screw us before. Uh, is that going to screw us before we actually get to the point where we can say like, oh yeah, we're running on a social ticket and we're going to actually win? Because the world could very well end in the next 50 years as well. Well, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, also, uh, Lincoln Bio uh, episode six, I think, with uh, Dr. Malking. Oh. If you want to check the check yes. out the whole end of the world thing. Mm-hmm. So we've already got content on that. But so to kind of close off here, even though as of right now, the election is still uncalled. Yeah. Uh, it is now 8.30 p.m. Yeah. We are hoping that, of course, Biden has won by the time you're hearing this. Um, but in your opinion, or, or do you have, a, I, I suppose, any final thoughts? Ooh, yes. I actually do have a, a final thought. Okay. Um, I do have to recognize before I say anything, I'm saying this from a place of privilege. As someone who, like, I have... I have rights and I have issues at stake in this election, but certainly not as many as others. Mm-hmm. So there are people out there who are going to say, if you are a Trump supporter, you are out of my life. No question. I will not associate myself with Trump supporters. And there are certain people in the United States who have the absolute right to say that. But at the same time, if you are someone who is not largely affected by another Trump presidency and you just so happen to have the privilege of being woke and being able to critically think about these kinds of issues, don't hate a Trump supporter. Don't act like you're better than a Trump supporter because you are just as privileged as a Trump supporter. And it is the responsibility of the privileged woke to not pick up arms like there's someone who is being directly impacted in the worst way possible our job is to teach like we have to use our privilege towards something bigger we have to use our privilege towards something that benefits posterity and that does something to close the gap and the black and white that is america right now like we have to blend and we have to make it more gray and compromise doesn't happen unless someone makes the first move and i think this this is probably like the sappy little like christian girl in me but like we should love each other And loving each other goes both ways. Someone's not going to want to be less racist if you're screaming in their face about it. Someone can be taught, though. Someone can be loved into changing. So I'm going to say, no matter what happens at the end of today, love your neighbor, and yeah.
the 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 biggest changes happen lying awake in bed at middle in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. not when you're fighting with somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it's much more about planting seeds, making people question their own beliefs. Because mm-hmm. like, let's get real, if we're talking about like kind of like the worst grade, Trump supporters. These people are to be pitied, and 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 because I mean these are sad people. I mean, people that have so little left that, you know, they, they're so little left that they, they have fully gone into, uh, you know, just immerse themselves in, in anger and retribution against, a, against groups that they perceive as causing these problems in their lives. Um, so it's like, <laughs> like you said earlier about privilege. I mean, it's, it's not easy. No, a lot of people don't have time. People don't have patience. That's understandable. I mean, he's, you know, there's a lot of legitimate damage that has been caused by Trump in the past four years that will continue to be caused by Trump and his supporters in the next four years. Mm-hmm. Like, lives lost, not just, like, you know, yeah. fucking... There are people wh- who are going to be not, literally killed as yeah. a result of this. Yeah, there, there will be a spike in hate crimes. I mean, like, this is an inevitability. And... That's the thing. Like, there are people who will be affected to the point where I can say, like, if I was in your position, I would hate the group responsible for this. But if you're not in that position and you don't have a reason to hate someone, then don't look for reasons to hate someone. Or don't, like, don't get angry on behalf of someone else. Teach them so that we can move past this. I mean... It's at the end of the day, it's, it's uncomfortable to like have these conversations and to like address these sorts of things and live in like, even live in the same places with people like this, that you just like fundamentally disagree with. Mm -hmm. And the worst part is it probably won't even get better anytime soon. But what's important is you you, gotta keep working for it. And the, and the country is relying on that. because you know, we cannot exist like this forever. We can't, we can't, we can't. I mean, it's, it's fundamentally unsustainable i mean if you want to look at what happens when groups you know conjugate within countries and fight go look at yugoslavia and see how that ended um you know of course if if trump had won his report his supporters would have gloated and gloated oh. and you know and and, and and just laughed their asses off but i do think it's important that um even though i want joe biden to be really strong I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't have voted for him if I didn't think there was like an inkling of inkling of a chance that maybe something like will happen under his administration. I don't want him to be weak. Yeah. I want him to be really strong. But when it comes to an individual person by person uh, basis, it's important to like be like, don't completely shut them out. Mm-hmm. Like I said, 65% of this country at least is not this either is is pig headed or just doesn't have the time or privilege to get educated yeah. like a lot of us have. And so you just have to be willing to just explain it and cooperate, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I can get wishy-washy too, so I, but I won't. But um, I do want to thank everyone for bearing with us through oh. this episode. I think it was uh, very cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's important to talk about this stuff. Um, it's a victory, but it's not much of a victory. So I think what's my final, final word on this is not since I was talking, I want to kind of talk directly to leftists 
and neoliberals mm-hmm. that are listening to this, which is probably 99.99999% of the audience, do not take this, these results lightly. These are bad results. Mm-hmm. This was a bad night for the, for the long-term uh, longevity of this party and of the movement. So honestly, take the, pretend we lost and then get back out. Take like two days because like this these these results are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and please, by the love of God, do not make fun of Latinos because they didn't vote for Biden. Oh, that's the exact opposite thing of what you should yes. be doing right now. <laughs> that's another tangent, but um, um, but yeah. Anything else from you? Um, the work is just beginning, so it's it's kind of in the same vein as what you said, like. Prepare yourself for another... Yeah, this is no not complacency. This isn't like oh, yeah. Obama 2008. Well, we fixed that. Yeah. This like, isn't us crossing a finish line by any means. This is us starting the marathon. This is us like getting out of the gate and not just tripping and hitting ourselves in the face immediately. I really hope the microphone picked up me just palming my forehead. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, the work is just beginning... And love trumps hate are my two cliche phrases to leave you Perfect. all with. Mm. Quintessential neoliberalism. Love it. <laughs> um, so with that, I, I hope every, you know, we hope to, to be, to be covering, you know, Joe Biden's, uh, presidency. presidency. So looking forward to that. Um, and we hope to hear you guys. Well, we can't hear you, but you can hear us next yeah. episode. Absolutely. On Empower Hour. Empower Hour. So I've been Chris Stanzel. I've been Victoria Zamatello. This is Empower Hour. Thank you for joining us. We'll, hope we'll see you next time. Everything's alright, alright, alright. Everything's alright. Thoughts, questions, concerns. You want to tell us how much you like the show? You know where to go. Email us at host at empowerourradio.com.